This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Welcome to the Dropping the Gloves Extravaganza. How are you, my friend? I'm good. How you doing, man? No, you know what, Tim? Knock, knock. Who's there? A little old lady. A little old lady who? Oh, Tim, I didn't know you could yodel. Ha 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 Gabriella knock. teach you that one? Yeah. Knock, knock. Who's there? Ice cream soda. Ice cream soda who? I scream so the people can hear me. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Where'd, where'd you learn that? Don't worry about it. Good good old knock-knock jokes. Never hurt anybody. Good thing to brighten your day. Anyways, speaking of brightening your day, thank you for listening, everybody. You're brightening my day right now by listening to this epic podcast we're about to put on for you. So thank you for the support. I appreciate the uh, the listen. And we always try to, you know, exceed expectations. So, Tim, let's get on with the show. Let's do Tim, it. Got a hair, you got a haircut. You're looking fly. I did, fly. yeah. I went to uh, Bellamici downtown, Traverse City. My guy Micah hooked it up. I'm telling you, I was thinking about it the whole time because you were talking about your, your bad haircuts and your experiences, and I'm like, I didn't get any of that. I was massaging my scalp and a little shampoo and a fresh cut. It was you're, you're missing out by cutting corners there. Not missing out. Not missing out on anything. Um, I just feel like there's a line that has been crossed when it comes between men and women. And I know a lot of people disagree with me that like, Oh, whatever, like your men can do stuff and women can do stuff. No, I think there's, we have to still be men and women should still be women in some regards. And a man should get his hair cut and a woman should go to a salon. That's the, you know, that's just my thinking. I don't know. I'm old school like that. I think there are definite differences and I don't need to be massaged and told how beautiful I am when I get my hair cut. You, on the other hand, obviously need that. So You know I constantly hey, need my, my tires pumped. You do. It's sad. You don't. You're a successful young man. You got to, you know, <laughs> just accept it. Accept your, accept your uh, downfalls and move on. It is what it is. I got, a, I got a bad hairline. I don't care. I'm not going to a salon to ask them to make me look pretty. Whatever, man. I got a bad hairline, but I got a lot of money in the bank. Who cares? Yeah. You know, we all have our issues you had a big head of hair and no bank account it is what you know tim can you it see, is what it is can you see uh minnesota from your high horse up there i don't understand what that means You're looking pretty high up there can you see minnesota from your high horse i don't get it just so high up you can see minnesota that's how high you are oh like the actual state of minnesota from michigan okay why am i so high let's talk about hockey huh i'm just making a I'm just making a comment that I don't think men should go to salons. They should just go to barber shops. You say that, but you're missing out and you haven't done it. I've done it before. Yeah, I have. I just don't care for it. I've done it. I've done it a few times. It's just not my thing. I don't like getting soaped up and massaged and dried and soaped up after the haircut and all this and that. And it's like, just cut my hair. Like, I don't need that. It's not like I have like a 10 inch bob that I need to be taken care of. Like we have short hair. It's funny, my my daughter looked into the, the stroller today of our newborn. She looks at me and my wife and she goes, is the baby a boy? And we're like, no, it's a girl. Why? He's got short hair. 
why i don't understand does, does it become a girl when it gets long hair we're like no like it's just not how it works so we're trying to like go through the the anatomy with our four-year-old daughter you have a vagina vagini I'm like okay we'll, we'll cross this bridge in a few years but anyways uh, all right tim let's let's move on we got the knock knock jokes out of the way i probably insulted a better part of our audience because i'm sure a lot of people go to salons on the next part of our show so let's you know get to the hockey some news came out seattle unveiled huge their name news. huge news you what think do you it's think huge? Their name? yeah uh, i like it i think it's neat I don't know. I think it's a different name. You don't really see names that don't end with an S. Very, very rare. But at least it's not like, um, it's an actual thing. A kraken is a thing. Like, you know, it's it's a mythical octopus or whatever. Like yeah, a sea monster. Squid. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a thing. It's not like um, heat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's like, I don't understand how that works. Wild wild or jazz stuff like that so a kraken is an actual thing where you can have a mascot dress up as a kraken i don't know how you dress up as heat but yeah i like it i like the logo the jerseys are actually really cool looking i, like I love that. them they got a lot of love on twitter it's such a unique color scheme it's a really fresh look i think it's already one of the better jerseys in the league um so yeah it's really cool to see great yeah, first step great first and step. they they honestly Vegas did it the right way too. They Vegas had a great name. They have a great jersey, great mascot. So they the blueprint was there and they surpassed it. I, I think they did a great job. The next step will be the expansion draft, and that will be a doozy. An I'm so doozy. I'm so curious to see who's gonna how it's gonna work, first of all, because they, they don't want the, the Vegas thing to happen again because teams teams are gonna push back on that. They're not gonna let that happen again. But yeah, who's going to be available? Yeah, yeah, they have to do the same format. I don't, I don't know why they couldn't or shouldn't or won't. I was I did a San Jose podcast last night with the with the guy Teal Town USA, and I, I I'm convinced they're going to keep let Bernsey go. Yeah, gonna, I listened. Yeah. Oh, you did. Oh my yeah. creeper. But yeah, I think they'll um, they'll expose Bernsey. But anyways, that's that's a whole other show. But yeah, good name, good jersey. Um, release the Kraken. Are you a big um, sci-fi fan? What's that movie? The Titans or whatever it is. There's a movie where they go release the Kraken. Liam Neeson. So I wonder if they'll you know get him on board for uh, an intro or something. I don't know. Kind of neat. Release the Kraken. He was always at the Rangers games when I played in New York. Anyways, okay. Let's move on. Any other hockey news, or can we get into the the meat of the episode, Tim? No, let's get into the, let's get into the meat. All right, let's get to, let's get to the meat. Let's get to the good stuff. So, we're gonna do three more series again today, and we'll finish it off with another two next week. So, first series I want to go should be the easiest one to predict. They have the biggest point disparity from any of the teams matching up in the first round. It's Pittsburgh and Montreal. Pittsburgh comes in just just missing that fourth seed that would have gave them the bye into the actual playoffs and not have to do this round robin. And they play Montreal, who was 10 points out of the playoff. They are the 24th team into this bubble, into this play-in round, who have no business being here. They're playing on house money. Who do you got? What do you think are the keys for the series? And is there any... If you're Pittsburgh, are you nervous at all? Or is this just you You have to – this is bygone. You're going to win this series. What are your thoughts initially on this series? 
I mean, I think they have to be confident that they're going to win this series. But I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think a guy like Crosby or Malkin is going to is going to take any opponent lightly. So I, I think they're, they're they're planning on having a series. I think they're going to bring their A game. Uh, I, I kind of, to me, the only way the Canadians pull off an upset has to be Price, right? He has to be playing back to his old days. Yeah, which is, and it's funny. Everybody says this, and for the last three years, he's been voted the best goalie in the league by the players. The players have awards within themselves every year, and he consistently gets voted the best goalie in the league. But when you look at his stats, they're very pedestrian. He's not putting up great numbers. He's not getting the win total. Like his goals against was 279. His save percentage is 909. That is nowhere near the top of the league in either stat. So it's strange how he still has this reputation as a top-tier goalie, even though the last two or three years he's been very pedestrian, if not below average. So the idea that he's all of a sudden going to steal a series, which, you know what, he's done it in his prime back in the day, I don't, I don't see it happening. I, I really don't. And I know we talked about this in episodes prior, and I guess I didn't dive into his numbers a lot. Maybe I was like the players are kind of brainwashed. You just hear the name Carey Price, and you just think, oh, he's so good. He's so good. But when you sit back and you know, do the litmus tests and you kind of – look at all the other goalies and you look at him, it's like, well, he's not that great. He, he played the majority of games this year with the Canadians and he put up pedestrian numbers. And I, it's not like they have a terrible defense and they have a terrible defensive systems. They have a pretty decent six and they have young guys who are defensively responsible. So I don't know. Are we overrating Carey Price in this series, thinking that he can like drag them to a series win? I don't think he will. I'm just thinking, like, if there's any chance that the Canadians have, it's going to be on his back. And if he plays back to his former playing glory days, but I don't think it's likely, and I don't think it's likely that the series even goes five games. Yeah, I I came into this thinking it would be a close series, but after digging a little deeper, I don't think it'll be close at all. I think Pittsburgh will sweep him three straight. I think it won't even be a contest. It was, it was very telling how great Pittsburgh's season was based on the amount of injuries that they had throughout the season. I knew the top guys got injured, but I didn't know they got injured to that extent. They lost the most minutes per game out of the whole league. Whereas if you say Crosby misses 10 games when he plays 25 minutes, you know, that's 250 minutes. If you add that up, they lost the most minutes in the whole league, and they still went 40, 23, and 6. They led their division for a good chunk of the season. So it's amazing that they were able to hold it together. It's funny, the only time they had a little hiccup was when all those guys got healthy near the end of the year and they kind of you know took a nosedive a little bit so I think when the playoffs hit they made a couple good pickups at the deadline which were really great and a couple of them went under the radar picking up Sheary from Buffalo that was a very underrated pickup because a few years back when they won the cup when he was playing on Crosby's line he was lights out I just remember him flying around with Crosby and then you slot Gensel in who was projected to get 40 goals this year before he got injured that's a pretty scary first line and then you get Zucker who is a first-line left wing, you slide him in with Malkin and Rust, that's like a 1 and 1A one plus. Like those are two really good top two lines. They, they would compete with any top two lines in the league, hands down. Like It's a very scary top two. And then you have Marlowe on the third line, and they have a very good fourth-line checking line who just goes out there and does their job. So I like the way Pittsburgh's set up. They have a serviceable defense, not overpowering. Latang obviously carries the load there. This young kid, John Marino, is a good little player. I've only seen him a few times. Man, he's, he's made an impact in his first season. How is, how is Latang defensively, in your opinion? I think he's decent. 
He he is for an offensive puck moving defenseman. He's pretty good in his own zone. Like he he's not a liability out there. Like like you would say a Tyson Berry would be. So I I think he's decent. Then you have the third pairing. Obviously Johnson gets a lot of heat. They have a couple other guys they can slot in if he just doesn't you know get up to speed. Schultz has been there before. You know he's been around. So they have a decent team again. Much like every other team, it seems like we talk about goaltending. Murray was terrible this year. He's a two-time cup winner. He had an awful year. Their backup goalie went to the All-Star game, this Tristan Jerry kid. Awesome. He's awesome. Who do you start? Do you start your All-Star goalie, or do you start the guy who's been there before and who's won you a couple cups? It's the same problem the Washington Capitals have. Do you start Holpe, who's been there before, or the guy who had a better season? Well, I was doing some reading earlier. It seems like Jerry's going to be the guy. Um, really? Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's had such better numbers than Mario throughout the season, including three shutouts. Uh, so I, I can't see – I think it's probably his job to lose. I, I imagine the leash is pretty short being just his lack of experience and his age. But And given what Murray's workload in the past has been, he's carried this team to a cup before. But I think I think right now they're going to go with Jerry until – and this is kind of a low-pressure series to, to try that out, right? And, you know, it's, you're not expecting to maybe lose one game to, to, to the Canadians. I don't think it's going to be more than that. So I think this is the time to do a little experimenting and see who your guy's going to be. Yeah, I agree. I'm very surprised they start with him. I would have started Murray just for that reason, where you know you're having a soft opening opponent and hopefully you can give him a couple wins, build his confidence, and then he takes you. He's already proven he can take you to a cup and win it. Tristan Jerry, I don't think I have that confidence in him. If I'm planning on winning the Stanley Cup, I want Matt Murray to get hot and I want to give him some confidence so he can carry us like he has the last two Stanley Cups we've won. So we'll see. I don't know. I, I think Pittsburgh are, are going to cakewalk this series. Maybe like Montreal has a decent defense. If Weber has an impact and can shut down Crosby in that first line, they might have a fighter's chance, but they're just overmatched. They really are. Like Montreal has some good young guns with Suzuki and their first line's pretty legit with Tatar, Dano, and Gallagher. They just don't have it. Like Pittsburgh's going to walk all over them. So predictions, just get out of the way so we can have it on paper. Three games, Pittsburgh. Pitt and three, I, I agree. Pitt and three, potentially four. The, Montreal might sneak out the first game just based on age and rust, and we'll see how it goes. But I think Pitt's going to walk them. All right. Speaking, speaking of Montreal, though, when's the last time they had a superstar forward? Jonathan Drouin. <laughs> yeah, right. He's their guy. He's the future. Galchenyuk. Right. Galchenyuk, yeah. Well, would you call um what's his name? He's in Vegas now, Pacioretty, a superstar. Uh yeah, I guess you could call him a superstar. But before him, Alexi Kovalev, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Koivu, Saku Koivu. Kovalev would have to be the guy that's you know, fifteen years ago. He was so good. Yeah. So incredibly good. Like he was filthy. I feel like he could have been better too. Like he he could elevate his game if he wanted to. He was one of those guys, yeah, who just uh, he didn't really care. But he was so, but he was so good. Like that guy was fun to watch. I would pay to watch him play hockey. There's not many guys I would do that for. All right, so we're we're moving on from one of my former teams in Montreal to a another former team in Arizona. I had long tenures with both teams. Montreal, I played a whopping one regular season game. Arizona, I think I might have mixed in twelve. So a, a big year for me that year, massive year. So Arizona Nashville, not sexy by any means, kind of meat and potatoes. But again, very interesting. Two evenly matched teams, I think. You know, they split the, split the regular season two and two. I think Arizona has a pretty good chance in this series. I know when you look at it just from face value, Nashville already 
they're a parental good team. They they loaded up this offseason. They got Duchesne. They were cup contenders before the season started. They kind of dipped this and that. I think Nash, like Arizona, they're going to give them a, a game. What do you what do you think? I could see the series going five. I don't think I don't think Arizona squeezes out a victory. I think this Preds is going to be too good, too dominant, too good in the back end for sure. They have the, the goalie matchup by a lot. Um, I like some of the forwards on the Arizona uh, Coyotes. Like you got Kessel, you got Taylor Hall. What can those guys do? Um, and I don't think necessarily the 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 uh, the Preds have the matchups to shut those guys down on the offensive line. It's going to have to be the, the, the defense's job. It'd be interesting to see what, what what Kessel does with a little space, what Taylor Hall can create for himself. But I think ultimately, like you said, defense and goaltending wins championship, and that's what the Preds have for sure. Yeah, I think their defense is pretty matched, honestly. It, it'll be a low-scoring series. Nashville and Arizona were really good defensive teams this year. Like Nashville averaged just above three goals a game against, and Arizona was just below three goals a game against. So they're very good defensive teams. And – I don't know. I, I think the winner of this series will be the one whose forwards get going first. Both both forward groups didn't really have outstanding seasons. They played well below their norm. Forsberg, Johansson, Arvidsson, Turris, Duchesne, Grandlin, they had like average or below average years. And same, you could say the same thing with Arizona. Taylor Hall was a bust. You know, they expected a lot for from him. Kessel, I don't think he's lived up to his his contract, then you like a Derek step on. He has just been a complete disappointment there. So if you get the young guys, the Kraus, the Schmaltz, the Dvorak, get them going. Like they do have a lot of really good forwards up there. They just need to play above how they've been playing. And if that can happen, I think Arizona can eke out a win here. And their defense isn't bad. Nicholas Jalmerson is a very underrated defenseman. He's been there before. He's won some cups. Oliver Ekman Larson is a really good defenseman. This Chitron guy is a good defenseman. Goligoski, Jason Demers, like they have some veteran guys back there. But you're absolutely right with the goalie. Both teams, again, we don't know who their starting goalies are going to be. It's a very strange playoffs where it's just a toss-up with goalies these days. There's no, there's very few teams that have number one. You know what I mean? It's just so bizarre. I feel like we're a broken record. Well, this series, you know, it's going to come down to the goaltending and who's even starting in that? I don't even know. I have no clue. But – I think this series will come down to whether Arizona's forwards can step it up or not. If Arizona can get decent output from their forwards, they have a good enough defensive system. They don't let in many goals. They'll win this series. That's my, that's my prediction, but who knows what you, okay. Let's just get, move on from this. What do you think? Arizona or Nashville? Nashville in four. In four. Wow. Are you confident? Yeah. Okay. I'm taking, man, this is tough. I'm going to take Arizona. I just think, I just think Nashville is always a, just a complete disappointment. It always seems like they just fold. I don't think their defense is as strong as everybody says it is. Yeah. Yossi and Ellis are really, really good. But after that, I don't see the depth there. And I just like how Arizona set up. Phil, the thrill is going to come through. I really, I really think so. I really do. We'll see. You send him a nice encouraging text. Nice. Good luck text. I'll shoot him a text. I'll send him a selfie. <laughs> I would love that. Just a picture of my my mug on his phone in the morning before the fifth game. Good luck, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> oh, what a dream. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partner, Bet Online. 
Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back. Bet Online has futures, odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet Online. They are your online wagering experts. All right, moving on. The only Canadian matchup in the play-in rounds. Two teams that have I don't think they've ever met in the playoffs, maybe years ago, but not in the new incarnation. We got the Jets and the Flames. Almost identical numbers. Yep. They're cookie-cutter teams where they have high-powered offenses, decent defenses. Calgary gets the edge in defense. I th- well, I don't want to spoil it, but this will be an interesting series. How will this play out? What do you okay? Well, we'll continue the theme. What do you think, and then I'll I'll go off of what you think. Yeah. So, like you said, identical numbers pretty much. The regular season records: thirty six, twenty seven, and seven; thirty seven, twenty eight, and six. So they both have a five six four and five six three winning percentage. Just pretty much identical seasons. Um, before I even kind of get into it, did you see the picture of Blake Wheeler today or yesterday? No. He's got flow past his shoulders right now. Um, you got to have oh, a certain boy. confidence and swagger. I think that's a little a little lean their way. Um, I think, like you said, a slight edge to the um, the Flames for defense. I think their forwards are probably a push, but the goaltending is a lot better for Winnipeg. But I'm still going to go with the Flames. I just like their offense a lot better. I like, uh, you know, Gaudreau and um, uh, who's that guy? Lindholm. Lucic was was just like starting to surge, and when he's rolling, even at his age in the playoffs environment, I think he can he can be a difference maker. Um, so I would I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Flames. If I think it goes five games, but I got the Flames. Yeah, interesting. So Calgary really they struggled early on in the season. They obviously had that um, controversy with Peters, and they got rid of him. And they did still struggle when they got this new coach, but they started to figure it out the last 15 games of the season, where they were averaging almost four plus goals a game, which is a big number, four plus goals a game. And Goudreau was finally starting to click. I think he had something silly like. 19 points in his last 12 games or something like that. Maybe more, maybe less. Don't quote me on that. And where that works out is the Jets, they are just, for some reason, they are terrible on defense. And I don't know if it's a system or what it is. They have some decent players. They give up the second most high danger shots in the league. And they only create the fourth fewest. So it's very strange. You think they have these very lethal forwards. They don't create very many high grade scoring chances. And they give up an insane amount. Like, it's insane. So, I don't know. Like, my gut wants to say Calgary, but for some reason, I, I, can't, I can't trust their goalies. Like, who do you start in Calgary? Who's their number? Is it going to be Talbot or Riddick? Riddick. You think so? Because I think yeah. Talbot's going get to the, get the nod for game one. And that's, that's a problem. That is a massive problem. Talbot had the better year. Riddick hasn't really done much. Like, he, he, he beat out Mike Smith last year. Big deal. Like that's, that's not a big feather in your cap. It's just, I don't, I don't know. They have a really dangerous first two line with Gaudreau, Monaghan. Lindholm had a great, great year. He almost got 30 goals. Kachuk, their leading score. How many points do you think Kachuk had? Their leading score of Calgary Flames. 
I have it in front of me. It's 61. Oh, okay. And then Backlin and Mangiapani. Love that last name. Guys, guys' parents probably make insane Italian food. I'm just <laughs> going on a limb here. But they, they have a really good top two. I don't think Lucic is going to have a breakout playoffs. Like, I just don't see it. He's, I don't know. The game's passed him by. He's a good player, but I don't think he's going to like be a game changer like he was with the Bruins. I think you just got Bruins fog. It's, you're not seeing clearly on these ex-Bruins players. Maybe. But, you know, they got Giordano. They got Noah Haffinen, like Hannafin, excuse me. Like, they're, they're really good defensemen. So I think they do have the edge on the back end, but not an insane edge. You know, it's, it's not crazy. Yeah, I, I think I also just really want to see the Flames win so that they can play the Oilers. Like that's the round that that's the matchup everyone wants to watch, right? Yeah, well that means the Oilers is, are going to win, which I don't think they are. Chicago will win that series, but I'm going to burst your bubble. I think Winnipeg takes a series. I really do, and I think if you if you had to pick a team that you think could win the Stanley Cup out of either of these teams, Winnipeg has a better chance, hands down. I think. The reason that they did so well in the regular season, not that they did well, but the reason that they played really, really decent hockey was because of their goalie, Connor Hellebuck. All the praise and all of the, you know, the worry about this guy might steal a series going to Carey Price. It belongs with this guy. He is a legit, he will win the best goalie the Vezina this year. He is a superstar and no one really talks about him because he plays in Winnipeg. What are you smiling about? No, I'm just, I'm just laughing what are you at grinning him? about why? What's so funny? You. No, this guy's a stud. Why? What? What are you laughing at? This Hellebuck. I I don't know if he's if as good as you're making him out to be. Oh, okay. So I'll just drop some knowledge on you. So they have this new stat. I'm not a real analytics type guy, but doing my research, which I always do, I was amazed at the the just the gap that he is so much better than every other goalie in the league. So I mentioned how the Jets allow the second most high danger scoring chances in the league. Connor okay. Hellebuck, even with that in mind, even with just getting grade eight chances left and right, he is still 22 goals above the average goal in the NHL. Meaning if every goal in the league lined up and they got the same shots, he would save 22 more shots than the average goalie. He would save 22 more goals than the average goalie. That's insane. That's a lot. Rask is just to give you a, a kind of a comparison. He's around 14. So like, that's a big amount of goals. I'm not a math guy, but I think that's eight. And that's, that's a large amount of goals. That's probably three or four more wins when you, when you average it out. So he, he's just great. He is second in save percentage in the whole league among starters Tukarask is first, but keep in mind, Hellebuck had those 509 high danger shots. How many did Tukarask do you think had? 508. 279. No, really? Yeah, 230 less grade A chances. So I'm not a mathematician, but if you take 230 less shots, grade A chances, and you average that out over 30 games, I don't know, that or 70 games, excuse me, that's like almost three and a half less grade A chances per game. That's a lot. And a grade A chance, if, if for those of you who don't know, it's inside the little house. So if you take the face-off dots, you go from dot to dot, and you go to the corner of the net. That's a grade A chance. We're not talking like from the point or you know, from the edges. It's a grade A close-in shot. It doesn't get tipped or anything like that. It's, it's a very good shot that should go in the net. So it's, it's, just a, it's just a very glaring stat to me. And I think he'll be the turning point of this series. I think he'll be the turning point 
for Winnipeg. If he continues his stellar play, there's nothing stopping this team. They have the they have the horses up front that, like I said, with Arizona, if they play just a little bit better than they did in the regular season, you know, if they play to what they were playing two years ago, they're a scary team. Would you want to match up against Connor, Shifley, and Wheeler as your first line? No, but think about like their defense was just decimated last year, right? Like they lost Bufflin, they lost Truba, they lost Myers, they lost Chariot. That's yeah, it, it's hard to come back from that. You still have Neil Pionk stepped in. He got forty five points this year. Yeah, like, that's their weakness in their team. I understand that, but Hellebuck makes up for that. That's what I'm saying. If their forwards step up a little bit and provide them with a little offense, they're a very scary team. I'm not saying they're going to win the Stanley Cup. Don't get me wrong. I think they will win this series just because a calories goalies are just a dumpster fire. And I think Winnipeg has better overall forwards and a way better goalie and Calgary's defense. Isn't that great. That's what I think. Like Giordano is good. He's getting up there in age and who else do they have? Like, honestly, Hannafin, Hannafin. Like it's, it's not like they have a loaded defense. So I think Winnipeg will win. That's, that's my choice. I'm going to, I think they're going to win in four. That's my prediction. And you think Calgary's going to win in five? Yep. Interesting. Standing by it. Standing by it. All right. Well, we've gone through the predictions. What else do we have, Tim? Just a couple quick hits here. Uh, Pasenak still not skating with the team. Why Maybe- is that? Do you know? Have you done any research? Have you talked to Gronk about this? Uh, yeah, I do have some inside sources. He was he, He's not showing symptoms. He was exposed to someone who tested positive. So he's... he's he exposed himself? Okay, what? Say that again. He was exposed to someone... Uh, who tested positive um he's he's fine he, they're just being careful while they can so he expects to not to return to next week but has no uh i think we'll be fine next um, week is the start of the playoffs, so which is yeah. you know what i mean how does that work out does he travel with them in the plane do they let him travel with the team or does he follow up i don't know he might he might be like self uh self-isolation within the bubble maybe interesting so he's got a seat in the toilet on the plane Maybe. <laughs> Saran wrapped up. <laughs> He's got a uh, private jet. Um, okay. So the other quick note is uh, the Blackhawks. You just mentioned them. You, you still think they're going to beat the Oilers. Taze um, is out. I saw that. Taze, but also Crawford is still not playing. So I'm reading an article right now. The The headline is basically uh, talking about the um, – the backup goalies, Dalia and, and Subban. Oh, and gosh. all the, you know, you know, the best thing they can say about those guys, the best, like, just the best little segment that they can push forward on these guys is that they've played well when they've gotten NHL starts. That's, that's not a good sign. That's like, that's like the, the highest praise they can give them. Like, just having an NHL start and they've done okay. So I, I don't see them. I, I, there's no way. There's no way they win the series. I did put the caveat on Chicago. If, Crow plays. If Crow doesn't play, it's going to be a three nothing sweep by Edmonton. So I, I will put that asterisk in there. My Chicago pick is contingent on Corey Crawford playing and having at least a few days, you know, to shake the rust off and get the baby fat off there. But that's that's a very big deal for Chicago. Taser, I think he'll be back. He's fine. But to have Crow out, that's that's a big. You can't come back from that. There's no, no. way. They're kicking themselves for a trading laner. Yeah. Oh, he would be unbelievable to have as a backup right now. Oops. He's a, he's a starter quality goalie. Oh my gosh. He won. Didn't he win the Vesna like a few years back? Maybe two years nominated. Yeah. With the Islanders. Yeah. He's, he's an unbelievable goalie. So I don't know. That's too bad. I I hate to see that because you want to see the best players playing. 
to give each team like a fighting chance. And when you lose a player at a position like that, especially when you have no one backing them up, it's just, that's bad GM. Like you should plan for that. And there's nothing else you can say. Bowman should have had a better backup plan than these guys who have literally no experience at all. Malcolm Subban is in the league because of his brother. And this other guy, I have no idea who he is. Did the Bruins use a first round draft pick on Malcolm Subban? First round draft pick. He was like number 16 or something. Did they think it was PK? I don't know. I don't know. And Tuca was like 28 at the time. I don't know what they were thinking. That's a terrible pick. I know. Yeah. I think that was a Sorelli pick. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, Anyways, I will have to keep you updated on these um, injuries because it is strange how – I think it's funny how they can't give injuries out now. They just say – what do they say? What are they – the status of the player is he's unfit to play. Unfit to play. Yeah, because they won't say he has COVID. For some odd – I guess because HIPAA regulations or something, but they can say he's got like a – wicked sick head injury or an upper body injury or lower body injury, but now they just say unfit to play. That's going to be that, that thing will stick for now on you wait and see in five years. That'll still be the term because teams don't want to give out any information. So if someone goes down in the playoffs, you don't want to tell them if it's upper body or lower body, it'll just be like, he's unfit to play. Sorry, everybody. You're going to start using that on me. Like, Hey John, we got to record tonight. Sorry. I'm unfit to play. I'm never, that's I've never, I've never been unfit to play ever. Never, ever. Speaking of unfit, did you know they canceled the Ironman here in town? I did know. Were you planning on doing it? Oh, man. I was so geared up for it. I am in tip-top <laughs> shape. Ugh, I was so upset. And devastated. Hard. Devastated is an understatement in how I felt when, when I heard the news. I was just like, you work so hard. And you don't get to kind of go out there and compete. But, hey, there's always next year. There's a- hey, you have one. In all honesty, I have done absolutely nothing and I'm super happy. I'm hopefully, I'm hoping they give you the option to give your money back because they paid like 300 bucks for it. You believe that what? 300, 300 bucks for a free t-shirt and a bad back for a month and a half. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you done anything since the last Ironman? I ran like six or seven times in preparation for this one, like three, four months ago, I was actually doing something. I didn't know you but- were actually signed up for this thing. I was just quiet. I quietly signed up because I didn't want a big show like the last one. Cause I do think <laughs> I would, I would fail this one because I'm not in shape at all. I was just going to quietly do it by myself, but I don't have to do it anymore. Thank goodness, man. Oh man. Oof. That was terrible. That should you go me, too. Me, meeting you at every crossroads with a camera on your face. No, that, that was not a good idea at all. My poor wife still is upset at me for that one. Oof. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame her. I know. For those of you who don't know, I did the Ironman last year here in Traverse City, and near the end of the the race, uh, my wife came up to kind of give me some encouragement, and she's like, "Go, go, Johnny, good job." I didn't even look at her. I had a water <laughs> a cup of water, and I threw it down. I was so upset. I'm like, "Just meet me at the finish," <laughs> and I just like walked right by her. Not ran. I should have been running. I slowly walked. <laughs> it was like the last mile and a half, and I was just like straight leg and it couldn't even couldn't even walk well it's such a funny so... video like I, I took it out and danielle was so cute she was just like planning on like meeting you at the spot she's like hey let's go over here we'll we'll get him when he walks by and i, I was taking a video to try to catch like a cute moment and you just liked it <laughs> <laughs> couldn't even look at her you're just like oh see you the finish line and if you're like a mile away from that point i was like oh, oh man i was in such a dark place if any of you have ever been in that place before you could understand but you are just physically and mentally just beaten down 
I, I tell you what, there was so many times where it was just like, let's just end this. When you're running and you're dead tight and you still have 11 miles to go. <laughs> like, oh man, this is going to be tough. And the farthest you've ever run in your whole life is like four miles. It's like, this is brutal. Absolutely brutal. But anyways, so that was some good news. Another good news is we have our big series coming out soon. That's exciting. Yes. Yeah. I want, I want to give a little, a uh, little teaser, a little preview. Yeah. So we've been working on this for the last month and a half where we, um, we decided to do a series on the Chicago Blackhawks 2010 cup winning Stanley cup team. Uh, we, we threw around a couple of different teams and everybody we talked to said the 2010 team was the best team that the Hawks have ever assembled. So we decided to run with it and we got really lucky. We, we reached out to a lot of guys and mostly everybody said, yes, sharp couldn't do it because of his NBC obligations but he said he'll come on the show when uh, the season starts up. But yeah, we got Kaner, we got Soupy, we got Coach Q, we got Bickles, we got Dave Boland, which is great. And it turned out really cool. So we're going to drop that next Monday. Yeah, I mean, I think you're underselling this a little bit. This is like a really, it's a big deal. I mean, we, we're hearing stories of guys that, that stories that haven't been told before about, you know, what's happening on the bench, in the locker room during the game, on the plane, in their plane ride between series, after they won the cup, just like unbelievable moments from, you know, Brian Campbell being the, the veteran on the team, Boland and Bickles being third and fourth line guys, just stepping up, scoring big goals, playing big shutdown roles. Patrick Kane walking us through his mindset when he scored that OT winning goal in Philadelphia. Coach Q, just the X's and O's and the the the, the um, personalities that he was kind of playing to and how he attacked each series. How do you, how do you go about shutting down a guy like Jumbo and Marlowe in their prime and, and the Sedins in their prime? Um, and Claude Giroux, like how do they did it? And it's just, it's really cool. And they, it's just, it was a lot of fun. Hope you guys get a lot of uh, good, good nuggets out of it. Enjoy listening. I, we had a lot of fun making it for sure. Yeah, it is really great. I, I'm actually really impressed how it turned out. So I think everyone, you can tell your friends, tell everyone, you know, because I think this will be a big one. This is better than that lame one they did on the bulls. This is way better. Yeah. Come on. Way better. The last waltz or something they called it. I can't remember what it was called. Something stupid but, like that. Yeah. Some lame name. All right, but check it out. We're going to drop it, and we're going to release it every single day. So it's going to go Monday through Friday. So we might swing in another show from us next week, but we might not. We'll see how it goes. So check it out. Tell your friends. uh, Get the word out because it's going to be, honestly, it's going to be a really, really cool series, and I hope you guys enjoy it. But until then, I hope everyone's doing good, staying safe, um, looking as good as Tim, which is hard to do. But maybe you did it. Anyways, cheers, everybody. We'll see you next time. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks and see you next time.